The Veritas Radio Network is guaranteed the right to offend, annoy, agitate, shout heresy, and entertain. You should start programming right now. Kind of like the cultural sewage served up on Bravo or CMT, only it's on 24 hours a day, except Sundays. When the truth gets you angry and you throw your smartphone, remember, no one is forcing you to listen to the truth on the Veritas Radio Network. You can't handle the truth. You're doing that of your own free will. That's what makes this country great and any gay marriage pointless. That's offensive. So there isn't much you can do about it, Chowderhead. I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. Grab a book, take a vow, and conform your mind to reality. Reality. Otherwise, you're just another Judas-inspired Karl Marx wannabe. And your children will steal your credit card number to buy tickets to the Miley Cyrus Twerkers Ball. I came in like a wrecking Are you ready? Let's get it on. On the Veritas Radio Network's Crusade. Good evening and welcome to the Philosophy of Perennis Live Classroom and Chat Room here on the Crusade Channel. King Size Truth from Radio Size Speakers. We are live on uh, our stream at crusadechannel.com. We are live in the chat room on my website at mikechurch.com. And if you're looking for the chat room and you can't find it, it's under the category... Catholicism, and then Philosophia de Perennis, and it will be one of the top items. It'll say De Homine homepage, and when you get to De Homine homepage, you can scroll down a little bit, and you'll see the chat window. Just click in it, and you can open it up right there. You can also open it up in a new window and choose any username that you wish to use. Uh, If you've missed any of the previous 14 episodes of De Homine, they are all nicely cataloged and filed and updated at MikeChurch.com in any of those, uh, if you filter by Catholicism and then Philosophy of Perennis, then you, you'll, see, you'll see the Dehomine category there. Uh, each episode is on a separate uh, content item, uh, but you can subscribe to the podcast feed using a RSS or a podcast app, uh, app for your phone or your, or your computer. You can use iTunes for that matter. And you, you, the, the, the feed is free, and just subscribe to the feed. And uh, when, when we save the file from tonight, tomorrow morning, over there on the, uh, on the feed, it will it'll update your feed automatically. If you don't have the course and you'd like to take it so you can listen to the lectures and not just join in on the chat and the uh, discussion tonight, well, then you can get the course at Brother Andre Marie's website at Catholicism. 
dot org. And uh, speaking of Brother Andre Marie, he is standing by at the St. Benedict Center in Richmond, New Hampshire. And uh, brother, hopefully you have uh, you have become a much. Uh, hopefully you are much more healed in the respiratory section of your your body tonight than you were last week. Are you feeling better? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm almost back to my old fighting weight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, because last week, brother was uh, struggling mightily with a massive head cold and flu, uh, but he came in and did the show anyway. So tonight, I can already tell that you sound much better. Uh, brother, we're, we're covering Dahomey number 15 tonight, and uh, I just listened to it a bit ago. And there's a uh, there's a lot of discussion about uh, Psalms and the order of, uh, of some of the things in the Psalms towards the end of the lecture. But he did begin on a um, he did begin number fifteen on a uh, topic of philosophy. Is that where we're going to start? Yeah, yeah. I thought that what we would uh, we would start with uh, was. Saint Brother Brother Francis quotes Saint Thomas saying that man differs from the irrational creatures in that he is the master of his own acts. So, um, brother Brother talks a bit about the sort of the the order that exists in the universe and and how man fits into that order in a way very different than everything else. And uh, he's kind of. Uh, last week we spent a lot of time talking about man's purpose and we went into some detail using St. Thomas. So I think perhaps the best thing to do is for us to back off a little bit and, and, and taking Brother Francis's uh, points in the lecture tonight, just get more of, a, more of a broad view of man's purpose uh, in the order of the universe as compared to other the rest of creation. Okay. So, brother, brother, remember the the word, the word, the Greek word cosmos. Now, brother doesn't bring this up in the lecture, but but this is important. The, the Greek word cosmos, from whence uh, whence comes well, whence comes the English word cosmos, and the word cosmology, and uh, you know, Russian cosmonaut and all that. The 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 Greek word cosmos implies an ordered thing, something that has order to it. Um, so the, the, the idea is that there is, and, and even the Latin word universe implies that there's, an, that there's a unity uh, to all that exists. So the, the ancient Greeks and the ancient Latins those who gave us, uh, in a sense, the highest of the wisdom that that we inherited in the in the time that our Lord was incarnate, the, the highest natural wisdom, right? Not the highest uh, supernatural wisdom, which was in the hands of the Jews, but the highest natural wisdom was in the hands of the Greeks and the Romans, and uh, they both looked at the universe uh, as something which is essentially ordered. And um, man's place in that universe is is kind of unique, or is not kind of, it is entirely unique. Uh, and we, we know that there is order in the universe. We see that order all around us. And as St. Thomas says uh, in, in the lecture, and we mentioned it last week, Brother Francis mentions it again tonight, 
there, we, we see the purpose in things. We see there, there are two ways that we can see the purpose in something. Either the purpose is inherent in the thing itself. It seeks its own purpose, such as men do when with our free wills, we direct ourselves, we direct our own actions, or it can be directed by something outside. And the co comparison that St. Thomas uses, recall, is uh, an arrow. So the arrow is being directed to its, to its purpose uh, by the archer. So, and we see that all around, we see that all in creation. Things are working to an evident purpose. Things are designed in such a way that they work toward, to, to an evident purpose. Animals which are not intelligent uh, do things which implies intelligence. Um, plants that aren't intelligent do things that imply intelligence. The intelligence isn't in the thing; it's not in the plant; it's not in the animal, but it's in it's in that thing which which designed it, right? The uh, the intelligent designer. I was reading. I'm reading a book right now on um, on. Uh, it's called Catholicism and Evolution. It's written by a Polish Dominican, and uh, he makes the point. That I mean, this is somewhat tangential in the discussion, but uh, but it's 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 very re it's it's relevant given the fact of establishing what we want to establish. That is the order that exists in the universe. The um, the most simple uh, the most simple life forms have cells, which in which each individual cell contains a hundred. The, the, the informational equivalent of a hundred million pages of the Encyclopedia Britannica. So this is the level of complexity that exists in a very simple, in the cell of a very simple living organism. You know, what, what, what Darwin didn't know, Darwin thought that cells were just uh, simple blobs of protoplasm he couldn't see inside of the cell. There was a book written about this years ago called Darwin's Black Box. And the whole point of it was that uh, Darwin didn't know what the cell was. He, he had this very, very overly simplified idea of what the cell was. And, and really, I mean, uh, to, give him, to, give him, to cut him some slack, everybody, nobody knew the complexity of what existed in a cell. But the fact of the matter is that the complexity of what exists inside of the cell of the simplest living organism is such that it shoots Darwin's theories to, to Hades very, very swiftly. Um, that level of complexity does not just happen. And um, anyway, the, the, we see this all throughout creation, that things which are in themselves not intelligent are constantly doing things which imply intelligence. Even this, the cell division and, and that, that happens constantly in, in living, living organisms, you're talking about replicating massive amounts of information um, on a regular basis in your own body, okay? And, and it's, not just you, it's not just humans that, that do this stuff. It's, it's, it's simpler uh, organisms which do this. And we have, therefore, uh, this, this massive amount of information exchange that's constantly happening in living beings. That, that complexity of information doesn't come from the being itself. It comes from outside. So we see that things move themselves. Things are, are moved either themselves, in the case of man using his free will, 
which is the appetite of the intellect, or they're moved from outside because they have they, they've been in a sense programmed. Although I hate to use that word because creation isn't a computer, but they've been made in such a way that the the that they have been directed towards these ends by an intelligence from outside of them. So in that in that sorry, phone ringing, dude. <laughs> yeah, I, I should not take the phone in this room. I'm actually not in the, my office. I'm I'm elsewhere so that I can get a better connection. So the the uh, brother Francis says that the ultimate ends of all actions is God. In the order of intelligent beings, there is obviously uh, there are obviously beings who are not seeking God obediently and reverently. Uh, they are trying to reach heaven, but they want to do it in their own way, just as Lucifer wanted to do it in his own way. So Brother Francis said everything that's everything that, that's moving towards a purpose is moving towards God. Now, actually, and you might think, well, that's a glaring oversimplification. But if you want to look at, if you want to consider this, is that there, there, there were some Dominican um, thinkers that said that uh, St. Thomas d- designed his whole Summa Theologiae uh, along a very simple uh, structure, and it was sort of a modified Neoplatonic structure called Exitus Reditus. Now, Exitus Reditus is a, is a uh, a departure and a return, kind of like a heartbeat. So it, it beats out and then it, and then it, it expands and then it contracts. God created all, all that exists outside of Himself. And that creation he sent outside, as it were. He, he, there's an exitus. That creation uh, will return to him. It will, be, it will be consummated in God. And uh, this exitus reditus, uh, sort of emanation and return uh, theme, which is very platonic, uh, is something which, in a modified way, St. Thomas incorporated into the into the overall structure of his Summa. So the Summa starts off with, the, the after he gets into the explaining what the task of sacred theology is, he then starts that task with talking about creation. Well, first of all, whether God exists. After he settles that, he goes into creation, and he talks about the six days of creation. He talks about and and but and then where does it where does it end? Well, in in, in matters concerning eschatology, where, where 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 all of all of creation somehow returns to God, and that's the whole purpose of 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 our life is in in, in of, of the church, and of living our purpose in life is that we might return to God in an orderly way. We might return to the God once we came in an orderly way. So the, the, the problems happen when our journey in returning to God, God uh, gets a wrong turn at Albuquerque in its path. And that happens when we uh, misdirect ourselves in our purpose Man has a desire for God implanted into his into his soul. He has a natural desire to achieve this end, which is which is the end he was made for, right? So St. Augustine says, Thou hast made us for thyself, and our hearts are restless until they rest in thee, O Lord. So our hearts are restless until they rest in, in our Lord. But the thing is, we we humans in our in our um in our wretchedness oftentimes 
when we're pursuing our happiness, which is ultimately fulfilled only in God, in the beatific vision, when we're pursuing our happiness, we get distracted, or we, we pursue our happiness in things that are not the proper end where we will find our happiness. And you really see this in two ways. You see this in, in the story of the fall of, of, the, of the devil, when Lucifer, who was the light bearer, who was, who was a very high angel, one of the seraphim, when he, when he fell, uh, it's because he wanted to be like God. Remember, the battle cry of St. Michael the Archangel is Quis ut Deus, or, or the name in Hebrew, Mikael, which is a, it's a rhetorical question. Who is like God? Because the devil himself wanted to be like God. The interesting thing is, had he followed God's will, he would have been like God, but on God's terms, because he would have been elevated to the order of grace, and he would have been elevated to the order of glory to see God as he is in the face, which is not even natural to one of the seraphim, which is what Lucifer was. Uh, so instead, he fell. He, he chose to be, quote, like God, pursuing his own happiness in, in, in his pride, okay? We humans fell in a similar way. God wanted to make us like God. God created us in his image and elevated us into his likeness by grace in the, in the creation of Adam and Eve. But then something, something messed up happened. And that messed up thing is that Lucifer, uh, they say misery loves company, and this is a perfect example, wanted to cause the fall of man. By, and the promise was made to Eve that we would be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil, knowing good and evil. Now, of course, he's a liar from the beginning, as our Lord told us, and this was a lie, or rather, it was a glaring half-truth. And the half-truth was that we would know good and evil, but only experientially by experiencing evil, which is something that Adam and Eve had not experienced yet. But they didn't, that didn't make them like God. It actually made them less like God than they already were because they were elevated into grace. So the story of the fall is a story of man returning to God, only getting sidetracked, and by a false uh, return to God, meaning by this lying promise of this literally satanic way of becoming godlike, they made themselves fall and they made themselves lose grace. Okay, so the, 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 the purpose here is that all of creation is indeed returning to God and it's going to be put in right or perfect order again. That will be the, the new heavens and the new earth that's spoken of in the book of the Apocalypse or the book of Revelation. But uh, until that time, you, you're seeing a lot of uh, a lot of folks taking the wrong a wrong turn at Albuquerque and not getting uh, to their destination. I took the so, wrong turn at Albuquerque. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just like Bugs Bunny. That's... So, <clears throat> so this is this is something that we this is something that we 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 have to realize that our ultimate end is God, and that and that's the same ultimate end of all creation because all of creation is going to be renewed according to, the, in, according to the divine plan. But all of it is, as Brother Francis said, all of material creation now was set in order for man. 
It's to benefit man. I mean, God didn't need it. You know, it's for the glory of God, but God didn't need it. God's God's real glory is found in in in, in material creation. God's glory is found in man and in man who is elevated by grace. <clears throat> so I really I hope that that's not all I hope that I'm being clear and not just sort of rambling. No, it sounds good, brother. This is the Philosophy of Penennis Classroom and Chat Room here live on the Crusade Channel. Welcome to all of you who are in the chat room tonight. We've got a live and active crowd there. You can, of course, listen to this show every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. on the uh, East Coast. And uh, when you're not listening to it, you can download the previous episodes at my website at MikeChurch.com. Just filter using the menu items at the top of any page, uh, Catholicism, and then sort by uh, uh, Philosophy of Pedanus, and then you'll see the Dahomey pages at the top of uh, at the top of the pecking order there. And you can subscribe to the podcast at any time. You can also, while you're there, you can surf on over to the Crusade Channel site. And you can search for Brother Andre Marie's shows and all of his archives from the Reconquest radio show, which is part of the crusadechannel.com site. And, uh, Brother, you are at episode number 79 tonight? Um, actually, wait a minute. Is it 80? I, yeah, that, that sounds right. It's, uh, <laughs> it's actually 70, 79. 79. Okay, well, I got it right. Yeah, Reconquest uh, 79, and my uh, my guest is, uh, it's called Rebuilding Catholic Culture from the Ashes, and my guest is Dr. Anthony Esselin. Oh, okay. You know, I, uh, I've had him on once, and I tried to get him on shortly after he was cut by uh, Providence uh, College, uh, but he... Actually, he wasn't cut, he quit. Oh, he quit. Well, <laughs> yeah. he was going to be cut. Uh, he, he, he beat them to it. Uh, but he yeah. landed at uh, uh, Thomas More, right? He landed in New Hampshire. In at, New uh, Hampshire, at Thomas More Thomas More College. So I'm looking forward to um, I'm looking forward to seeing him. Now let's be uh, let's be clear about this. <laughs> Thomas More College is an actual Catholic college in New Hampshire, not to oh, be yes. confused with the fake Catholic college of. Uh, St. Anselm, where the abortion debates, that the, where, where the Democrats are held, and all the other shenanigans with the social justice warriors. I, I just yeah, wanted to point that out, that New Hampshire does have an actual Catholic college. Actually, actually has two. Uh, 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 it's also Northeast Catholic College. But, um, but yeah, St. Anselm's is, uh, is, 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 a, is a serious problem. I mean, they've got, oof, they, they've, uh, yeah, they had... Uh, uh, um, Elizabeth Warren spoke there and uh, did did was uh, stumping for Hillary. In fact, Hillary there, there was like a, a a who's who of pro-abortion liberal uh, uh, politicos up on the days all at one time promoting Hillary at uh, at, <laughs> at, a, at a at a big at a big event a big hootenanny yeah. at uh, San Anselm's and they also have an LGBTQ organization on campus and not only do they have an LGBTQ organization on campus they allow the LGBTQ organization on campus to dictate policy yeah well it's a wreck it's a train wreck yeah it is but that's okay because they're a Catholic college in good standing and we respect that that's fantastic just, 
So, so what, what, what is the subject of Dahomey? Uh, uh, so you and uh, Professor Esselin, you're going to talk about academia, you said? No, 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 no. We're going to talk. We, 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 that only came up very tangentially. We were talking about rebuilding Catholic culture. It's, oh. uh, it's based on his book from uh, Out of the Ashes. Out of the Ashes. Right. Okay, got it. Uh, yeah, so it's really, it, it, we talked about restoring masculinity and femininity, and we talked about, um, uh, I was just basically pinging him with some questions that I had when I was, from when I was reading his book. What is this masculinity uh, you, you refer to? <laughs> Where do we find that today? Yeah, well, good, good luck. <laughs> well, did you see the story, and I'm sure you did, uh, I mean, I'm not sure you did, of the London, uh, the Lion of London Bridge, who took on the the, the three uh, Orthodox Muslims in a bar, he got all yeah. yeah. He was throwing he was throwing bottles of booze and 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 bar stools at them, right? He was, and he was screaming something that we can't repeat here. But uh, he <laughs> he he was the only one out of all the people that the three Orthodox Muslims con confronted. Or tried to kill that didn't run. Not only did he not run, brother, he actually charged. So good, uh, good for him. Well, they, yeah, I did. Hear, I did hear about him. Well, I and and I also read the, just uh, this uh, just shortly after lunch today that he may be in line to uh, to have the Queen award him a St. George's uh, cross, I believe, or, or a St. George's ah. medal for courage or something like that, which, which is given to civilians who actually do something heroic when they're not called upon to do it. Anyways, enough of that. Let's get back to Dahomey uh, lecture number 15. So I think what we ought to do from now on is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through Brother Francis's notes, and if anybody has any questions, just throw them in the chat room, if you're in the chat room, and uh, throw a question at me. I'm going to read the notes and maybe do a couple of little asides. And then if we still have time after that, what I want to do is go back to the beginning of the class of the lecture, where Brother Francis rattled off a bunch of things in what he called his act of docility. Uh, some of these things are very relevant to De Homine. So um, if we have time for that, I'll... I'll, I'll sort of talk about some of those little meditations that he gave. But, um, okay, so, uh, again, man differs from the irrational creatures in that he is the master of his acts. Now, the ultimate end of all acts is God. Now, we were talking about that, and as far as the order of the universe is, everything is tending back towards God. Uh, all of irrational brute creation is doing it simply because that's the way it was made, Rational creatures, humans, uh, uh, can resist this, though. Um, immediate. So, Brother Francis brings up some immediate problems. He says, so you mean every time an apple falls from a tree, it's seeking God. Well, what does that mean? When birds fly, they're seeking God. If this is true, it will make a great deal of difference in the thinking of every man. So then he talks about how about wicked people? Are they also seeking God when they commit crimes? And how's about the fallen angels? And we talked about that a little bit. I mean, if the perp if our purpose is to seek God, to seek our happiness and find it in God, then we can be distracted when we find our happiness in secondary things. And the demons, the fallen angels, it's not that they weren't seeking God. Even they sought him badly because they sought to be, quote, like God, out of, in, in a sense that was quite literally out of order. I mean, St. Saint, Saint Michael could have said to, to, to Lucifer, you're out of order. 
And and I mean, and we, we we think of this in the courtroom today, but 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 consider what that expression means. Out of order, you're constantly, Mike, talking on the Veritas Radio Network about restoring the proper order of things. You're out of you're order, out. and you're yeah. out of order, right? <laughs> so um, every time we sin, we're out of order. And 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 when and when Saint Mike, when when Lucifer sought to make himself like God, uh, again, not according to God's way of of making him godlike. Uh, he was out of order. So uh, Father Fahey, in his beautiful books, talks constantly about how God's plan for man in the church, in the church militant, in, on the, in this veil of tears, is to promote the orderly return of man to God. That's what we're all about here. So, um, all right. Uh, obviously, if we're seeking God obediently and reverently uh, in the order of intelligent things, uh, there are beings that are not doing that. So, all right. The first generation of men who made themselves Lucifer's instruments in history, um, the ones who built the Tower of Babel. Okay, so they were seeking to be, they were seeking a path to heaven, right? Literally, but uh, the wrong way. They were trying to reach heaven, but wanted to do it on their own, just like Lucifer wanted to do it on his own. The man who tried to shoot the president, oh, this is when... He, he lectured, Brother Francis was talking right after Reagan got shot. Right. And he, and he was very alarmed that this had happened. And he said that this man was trying to be like God. He was playing, Brother Francis actually used the phrase, he was playing God. Um, and um, yeah, if he, had been, if he had been told that the omnipotence God, of God was available to him, he would have run for it. And he, would have, he would have used it, sort of like seizing the ring of power, you know. That, that was my insertion, not Brother's. Um, there is a sense in which every being must be seeking an end, and every end must lead ultimately to the ultimate end, which is God. The world in which we live is a creature. To say that it was created is to say that it has a purpose. That's one of the things that you can stop and think about. When you refer to um, all that exists uh, outside of God as creation, you're immediately speaking in, 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 in terms of purpose. It's funny, sometimes these modern, uh, these, these evolutionists and these, uh, you know, science worshipers will uh, uh, mistakenly refer to the universe as creation. Uh, that really isn't in their, that in a sense, that word shouldn't be in their lexicon if they want to be consistent with their, with their worldview, because creation implies creator. Creation implies that there's an order and that there's a purpose in the universe. And these guys are most famous for saying that there is no order and there is no purpose in the universe because they don't believe that there's, a, that there's an intelligent designer. Um, it, let's see. Um, uh, on, his, uh, on this simple position, that is, on the fact that creation has a purpose, we divide instantly from the rest of the world. We who are now in the overwhelm, who are now, meaning the other guys, in the overwhelming majority and are devoid of every sense of purpose. Um, Brother Francis then talks about a meditation that he made on, on the day. And he says this, every item in the whole universe is part of what makes one day. <laughs> this is one of those very um, profound thoughts that Brother Francis could make, but that in, in its simplicity of language is very easily overlooked because uh, it's profundity uh, that's put in easy language. 
And people take that for granted, I think. They despise it. But every item in the whole universe goes into making one day. So in other words, what's going on all over the world, what's going on in the entire cosmos is affecting me and my day. I had a very good day today because the weather here is phenomenally beautiful and we've had nothing but rain for the last like four days. It's uh, rain here for 10. I can beat that. I, I can beat that weather, that, uh, that bad weather in uh, two notes. <laughs> Name that misery. Name, Name that misery. That misery. <laughs> well, we, we have, uh, so, but the, the, all of the, all, and, and, and think about all of the, all of the meteorological complexity that went into making uh, the day in, here in Richmond, New Hampshire, beautiful. And of course, then, then on top of that, you got the doves and the robins and the, and the uh, uh, yellow, what do they call them? Yellow grosbeaks and all these cool birds that we've got around here chirping their hearts out. And you, you have a very beautiful day. But of course, add to that all of the more important things that go into making the day. And each of us, Brother Francis says, had a different day. Each of us had a day that we experienced and went throughout the day doing good or, or not. And uh, those of us uh, who, who, who willfully did good, some of the good that we did was very, very hidden and uh, wasn't, wasn't uh, readily, readily discerned by others. And uh, this is in, all in Brother Francis's book on... Um, it's called uh, uh, The Challenge of Faith, and he has this beautiful uh, set of, series of meditations on the day. Okay, so the motion of the sun, the rivers, the wind, the birds, the insects, etc., all of these go into making one of our days. And the purpose of the day is human, Brother Francis says. God didn't make water for the angels. He didn't. Uh, the material world must be for something intelligent capable of knowing and seeing God. But of course, the angels don't need, don't need the material universe because they're not material. So it's created for us. This is what he means when he says that the, 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 the purpose of the day is human. Everything in this world is a background, the stage on which the human story develops. And when God finished giving us the stage, just imagine the variety of days that were lived today. Physically and astronom astronomically, it's the same day. Yet every single human being on this earth had an entirely different day. The quality, the excellence depended entirely on what they did with it. The little, so I was talking about the birds and the sun and, the, and, the, and the, the, the pleasantness of the atmosphere and the air and all that stuff. But what really makes the quality of the day is what we chose to do with it, right? Morally speaking, if we got closer to God that day, we had a good day. If we, if we didn't do that, then we didn't have a good day. So what a difference there is between the day of one person and the day of another person. The wisdom of St. Thomas, uh, that a man, the, excuse me, the wisdom that St. Thomas gives us, that man is the only being in the whole world that is master of his actions. All things are directed to a goal. St. Thomas insists on this truth. We will be different persons when we are convinced of this from everyone else who doesn't have a sense of purpose. The only being in the world that is formerly, excuse me, formally seeking its purpose is man. So, you know, the birds and the butterflies and the flowers aren't formally seeking their purpose. 
they're materially doing so because they were made to do this. But man does it formally because he has the formalizing uh, aspect of the will, which, which, which seeks this purpose out explicitly. So everything and everything else in the world was made for the service of man. I know that sounds like terrible uh, bigotry today. Uh, it might even be be considered speciesism or something. But everything in the world really is for the service of man, and that's the divine order of things. And man himself is a microcosm of the universe. And 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 when you look, when you realize this was part of the medieval synthesis of philosophy and theology, that man is is a microcosm of the universe. But you might you can even argue that this is biblical. I mean, this stuff is implicit in the writings of St. Paul, that, that um, everything else that exists in creation is found in man, and that when man fell, all of creation groans in travail, as St. Paul says, and all of creation uh, awaits its final redemption in the uh, when all things are consummated in in the in the in the in the general judgment so that with that on that light note we end um though that wait there's one more paragraph here the okay. intel- uh, the intellectual agent acts for an end the natural agent acts for an end but it does not determine its end for itself uh, it is moved to the end by an other. So this is where we get the example of the arrow, which does have an end, but it's pointed there by the archer. Um, everything in the material world that is not conscious of what it is doing is still performing its part, subject to the purpose of its maker. Only when we finally discover that purpose and see that it is worthy of a divine creator will we see that um, the dogma, the first dogma that we profess, that God created the heavens and the earth finally gives its full message. So Brother Francis used to talk about what an important article, the first article of the creed is, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. That sets us apart from the pantheists. (laughs) That sets us apart. You realize that article of the creed sets us apart from all of the religion that exists in uh, na- natively anyway in the Indian subcontinent, all of the uh, Far East Asiatic religions, we're completely set apart from them. And we say, I believe in God the Father, creator of heaven and earth, because all of those religious systems are somehow pantheist in origin. So um, the, uh, the world that God created is worthy of its maker because it does have an end high enough to be the purpose of a divine author. So if nobody has any, let's see, are there any questions in the, in the, in the room? Um, I don't see any. See a lot of comments. Yeah. Well, it looks like people are following along. This is the uh-huh. uh, philosophy of Prentice classroom and chat room. We were discussing St. Thomas Aquinas's uh, De Homine, lecture number uh, 15 tonight with Brother Andrea Marie. He of the Catholicism.org website and of the St. Benedict Center in Richmond, New Hampshire. Brother, why don't you give us a little plug since it's only three months out for the St. Benedict Conference in October? Well, it'll have to be a very little plug because we don't have much planned yet. <laughs> the subject. Ah, you had the, the date. Sub- It'll be October, uh, I think it's October 5th and 6th. Uh, That's October, right. It's a Friday and Saturday, it always is. 
And um, it's um, it's going to be something on the centenary of Our Lady of Fatima. It'll have something to do with the 100th anniversary of Our Lady of Fatima. I just haven't come up with a catchy catchy name for it yet. And we'll we'll have some of the tip. We'll we'll have a lot of the usual suspects will be there speaking. Mike Mike Church has our, has graciously accepted an invitation ah. to speak already. Um, I'll be speaking. Um, uh, probably Gary Potter, uh, uh, if his, if if everything holds up with him. Charles Colomb. These are these are these are our regulars. Probably Sister Maria Philomena will be speaking. Um, so it'll be it'll be, and Joe Doyle is always there, right? Uh, Joe Doyle, who's a walking encyclopedia. Boy, howdy. Uh, of 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 knowledge, p- political, historical, and Celtic. <laughs> he's a he's a, a fierce Irish patriot. Um, so yeah, it'll be it'll, it should be good. It should be very good. Fantastic! I, l- I look forward to it. Perfect time of year for foliage watchers as well. Oh yes, if you if you're interested in leaf peeping, as as the natives <laughs> call it, <laughs> you can peep yourself a lot of leaves during that time. Okay, so brother, where are we now? We are at uh, uh, now. Are we still on notes? Well, yeah. I mean, I've been actually I've been going through the notes, but what I'd like to do now is back up to the beginning, since we made it, since we made it through uh, what I was hoping we'd get through. We can go back to remember, brother Francis starts this lecture talking about his act of docility. And he starts going through a variety of things that 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 the church teaches, and and when we um, uh, uh, we go, it's funny. Aaron Car- Aaron Carroll says, "Brother, we hear Mike every day. Please." <laughs> Sorry, I had to laugh at that, Mike. I, I didn't. I didn't see it. They're joking at your expense. In, oh, in the- oh, 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 oh! I probably uh, I probably earned it. I think he wrote that when, when, when I was saying that you've graciously accepted a, uh, a an invitation to speak at the conference. <laughs> uh, so, bro- brother Francis talked about the. the you just killed the, your attendance, in other words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. I think, I think most of these people are are uh, are fans, Mike. Um, so he talks about uh, a number of different things that um, uh, we have to believe uh, as Catholics. And in doing so, he, um, he, he, he does it in the context of the, the act of docility that he makes, saying, you know, these are things that I believe. So that he, he sort of, just as a personal devotion, extended the creed out to include all of these other things. So he talks about how it was, it was a condemned notion that we can be saved purely by natural virtue. Now, this doesn't have a whole heck of a lot to do with de homine, but uh, it, is, it, is, it, 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 it is tangentially related if we make it the point this way. Natural virtue itself isn't sufficient to make us like God so that we can f- actually pursue and achieve our ultimate end. To put it in Thomistic terms, man by nature, has a, a, a desire to be united to God, but by nature, he does not have the means to do that. And in order for him to achieve that purpose that's, that's implanted in him by nature, he has to have grace. So our end is beyond nature. The end of, of, of human existence 
is not purely natural. It's beyond nature. And in order to have this, we need that other created thing that is called grace in order to lift us into the supernatural order. This, by the way, gets back to what we talked about Adam and Eve screwing up at the beginning because because they took the shortcut to being like God. Remember, uh, this is a big deal. They were forbidden to to eat of the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And when Lucifer tempted Eve with it, he said... Uh, God doesn't want you having it because if you have it, you'll be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil, or, or rather, knowing good and evil. And she fell for the lie, and then she, and then we you know she she dragged her husband into the deal. Um, but the, the the idea is that fake shortcut to being godlike was essentially a, a trying to achieve the the right end, which was to be to be like God. But we can only be like God on God's terms. And in order to do that, we have to have grace, which, of course, is a free gift that God himself gives us. So um, uh, the, the, the name of the heresy that we can be saved by natural virtue alone is, uh, is Pelagianism. And, and as Mike, you, as you would say, boy, howdy, it's all over the place today. <laughs> it's, it's very much with us today. I used that expression in class the other day. I said, "Boy, howdy!" When somebody said something, and like my students looked at me like I was crazy. You, if so, you're uh, if you're using because that's a fishing the brand name for a fishing lure. Uh, okay, that's what you'll uh, find. There's probably fly fishermen in New Hampshire that probably use it up on the uh, the landlocked lakes. But let me ask you a question about this Pelagianism. So, is Pelagianism then uh, a heresy of justification well i mean pelagianism is a heresy in uh, in the order of grace he he just denied pelagius denied well you can put it this way you could say yeah you could you could say yeah i can answer you simply by saying yes because for him to be justified was something you could do naturally on your own just by pursuing a, a life of good stoic virtue Pelagianism is basically sort of a baptized form of Stoicism, Roman Stoicism. So, so yeah, it is. Okay, it's a, it's, it's a heresy in that order. I mean, he denied the necessity of grace, and of course, his his great adversary was Saint Augustine, um, and Saint Augustine uh, uh, fiercely combated the Pelagian heresy. It was his last. Um, the second one, the integrity of faith is necessary for salvation, not a fraction of it. If someone agrees with us on any point, that's good, but it's not sufficient to agree on, on one, one, two, or three points, or even on you know 90% of points, because as soon as you deny one, you're denying the very principle or authority by which we believe all of divinely revealed truth. You know, the, the, the concept is we believe... Uh, articles of faith based upon the authority of God revealing in the church teaching. And of course, if we start rejecting things and acting like this is a cafeteria, and I'll take two from category A, and I, I won't take <laughs> category B, I'll, I, I'll have the dessert, but not the asparagus. Uh, you know, like, I'll, I'll take the Immaculate Conception, but not the original sin, which of course doesn't make sense. But if if you if you pick and choose, you're denying the the uh, authority of God revealing in the church teaching. So the third point that Brother gives in his little act of docility is that there are two natures in the one person of Jesus Christ. 
And then he says this, it is just as important to defend the fact that he was truly man as to defend the fact that he was truly God. And uh, this is something that I think a lot of people um, don't quite grasp. You know, um, uh, th- there were early heresies against our Lord's divinity, like Arianism, right? Right. Denied the Trinity and denied the um, denied the uh, denied the, 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 the that Jesus Christ is truly God, made him to be some sort of very exalted angel. And there were, of course, heresies that said he was just a man. But there, but there were also heresies later that denied his humanity. And you can't say that they exaggerated his divinity, because you can't exaggerate if he's God or not. He either is or isn't God. But once you accept he's God, you can deny that he was truly man. And um, at, at least two distinct heresies—actually, uh, I can think of three off the top of my head—denied something having to do with Christ's integral human nature. They either denied full stop that he had a human nature— or they denied that he had a human will, or they denied that he had a human soul. Um, some, some of the earliest versions of these heresies were really crass and denied that he even had a human body. I mean, it was just, it was just a phantom body, the docetist heresy. So there were at least four heresies. Uh, the, the docetism, um, uh, mon, mon, monophysitism, monothelitism, and um, uh, one that starts with an A that's not coming to my mind, which denied that Christ had a human soul. So they, they, they said, yeah, he had a human body, but not a human soul. Um, there were a variety of such heresies. And when we, when we, when we do that, we, we contradict the incarnation as it happened. We deny the hypostatic union as it happened. And um, from the early uh, beautiful uh, fathers of the church who defended the humanity of our Lord, we get this great utterance of Catholic orthodoxy. Whatever he did not assume, he did not redeem. Um, and you, you talk about fitting in Christ, Christology. into the, Remember we talked about this grand purpose, you know, of exitus reditus, the emanation and return, Right. Right. Christology is not just tangentially or accidentally related to it. It's intimately related to it because it's Christ who's going to show us the orderly return to the Father. He's going to come on earth himself and say, okay, Adam messed up, so I am the new Adam. And I am going to show you how to go to the Father properly. And I'm going to show you how to be holy because I am the perfectly holy man. That's the point. If he wasn't a man, he couldn't show us how to be a holy man. And when I say man, I mean homo, you know, human. Mm-hmm. He's going to show us how to be a holy human, and he's going to do it, and he's going to be our head and our trailblazer, and he's going to cut a path for us that's going to give us that orderly return. And only if we follow in his wake, as it were, and become members of of him as our head, will we be part of that orderly return to the Father in the Holy Ghost? So um, that Trinitarian theology and Christology fit beautifully into that emanation and return um, schema that we gave uh, earlier at the beginning. Yeah, so uh, Jennifer actually asked a really good question. Is this related to through him all things were made? 
Now, um, yes, you're quoting from the first chapter of the book, Epistle of St. Paul to the Colossians, I believe. And if you look at that first chapter, Jennifer, very closely, you'll see that he's talking about two distinct things. Jesus Christ is the, is the word through which all things are created, and he's also the, the Savior through which all is saved. So everything that was made was, was made by him and through him, and everything that is going to—that was at the beginning. But at the end, when everything returns to the Father, everything that is going to be saved is going to be saved by him and through him. So when St. John says that uh, concerning the Word, when St. John says that all things were made by him and, and without him there was made nothing that was made, we could take that and paraphrase it and say all of the saved are saved through him and without him or without, without coming through him, nothing will be saved of, 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 of angels and men. Uh, because, of course, the angels had to, 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 to accept him as well. As as their savior, so uh, that 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 um, he, 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 that is perfectly related to um, he did not whatever he did not assume he did not redeem he assumed a full created humanity the human nature of our Lord is a creature it's a soul it's a body it has an intellect and it has a will. It's uh, it, the only thing uh, uh, that it doesn't have that a human nature normally has is a human personality, but the personality is supplied by the Word Himself. So um, that is that is how ultimately we fulfill this orderly return to God is through the sacred humanity of Christ. Okay, so we're ready to move on. I think um, we got. Okay, uh, so you, you, we have. Uh, Three minutes. Three minutes. Okay, so let me just check off some some more of these numbers. Uh, Brother Francis says, no man can be in the state of justice without supernatural faith. An act of faith is the very first step that we make towards sanctity and towards salvation. And this is, you know, if you look at this in terms of being saved through Christ, as we were all created through the Word, um, uh, we're, we're, we're uniting our minds to the mind of Christ, who is our teacher. And in, in, in that's how we receive faith. Um, then he talks about two orders of knowledge that exist on this earth, the natural and the supernatural. That's pretty, pretty easy. Um, let me see what J. Fred's saying here, Mike. Uh, Brother Francis seemed to caution against any criticism of the Pope. Any statement made by the Pope that we oppose because it is contradicted. Okay, so Brother... <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, brother was very respectful of the of the office of the papacy, and um, but but he he did say any disagreements that we have with with the pope is going to be based upon some higher authority. Now, of course, we can disagree with the pope on matters practical, of matters political, of matters that are that are that are not doctrinal. But even theologically, the pope could say something wrong, and certain popes have. And they've been opposed by the Orthodox faithful. I mean, Pope Honorius was wrong, and he was rebuked by an ecumenical council for, for being wrong about a matter of faith. Um, he didn't bind the church to it. But, but the, the, uh, Brother Francis, there, we live in an age of great rebellion, and a lot of people uh, hold out that their beef with the Pope is based upon the Pope's infidelity to tradition. But 
still in their very language, in the very sort of cheapness with which they uh, speak about the Holy Father, they, they show that they're products of their age and, and just don't have the respect that they ought to have. That said, okay, um, I don't need to be convinced that the current occupant of the, of, the, of the chair of Peter is constantly making a disgrace of the church. Constantly and, and manifestly uh, on a nearly daily basis. Uh, yet, <laughs> this is the supernatural mystery of it, if we're docile and want to be guided, uh, we, 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 we accept his authority as uh, unique. So I don't know, Jay Fred, I don't know if I uh, satisfied you by that, but Brother Francis is just trying to keep us sort of in a, uh, uh, our factory setting, as it were, as Catholics, should be of profound respect, not only for the office, but for the person uh, of, of the Holy Father. Um, and then... Um, Brother, we've got to go. That's, uh, that's all the time we have. The clock's going to cut us off. Join us next right. week here for Philosophia Perennis de Homine. Stay tuned for a new episode of Reconquest of Brother Andre Marie. This is the Crusade Channel, King Size Truth from Radio Size Speakers. <laughs> <laughs>